Welcome to Around and Around the OCD Circle. My name is Elizabeth, and I have been living with obsessive compulsive disorder for over 60 years. I am not a therapist or a member of the medical community. I am just an ordinary person like yourself who will be sharing my thoughts and experiences with you with the hope that you will feel less alone. If you don't have OCD, I hope you will learn some information that will help you understand this disorder better. Some of the topics I will be covering may be triggering for you as a listener. If so, I apologize in advance. Since I don't know what your triggers are, please refer to the episode summary in the show notes before listening to each episode. If at any time you feel like hurting yourself or ending your life, please, please call the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988 if you are in the United States. It is open 24 hours a day and you will be connected with the nearest crisis center to receive immediate counseling and local mental health referrals. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome in, everyone. Thanks for joining me on Around and Around the OCD Circle. I'm still feeling a bit under the weather, so I thought while I'm sitting up in bed listening to the quiet, I might as well do something productive. Why don't I just record another episode? So here I am. I wanted to remind you that you can always reach me at Around and Around the OCD Circle at gmail.com. My blog and social media platform links are also in the show notes. I always love hearing from listeners. I just wanted to let you know that today's episode topic may be very triggering for some of you because I will be mentioning some of my phobias. So I just wanted to put that out there before I start. I've now recorded about a dozen episodes, but I still feel like a newbie at this point. Since I have a few episodes under my belt, I thought today would be a great time to do some reflection. I think it's important to look at where I've been in different areas of my life, where I am now, in order to look to the future. I've made some changes in the past year or so, all good changes, I think. And I think if you complain about being stuck in the same place, you yourself have to make changes for the better. Because no one else can do it for you. They can help you, they can assist you, but you have to take the initiative. So I've picked five topics that I'm going to discuss briefly here. And the first topic is therapy. Over the years, I've been in counseling as often as twice per week. I've also taken one-year breaks a few times. I've been seeing a therapist for over 30 years. And my current therapist I've been seeing for over 20 years. Currently, I see her on an as-needed basis about six to eight times a year. And I find it's important to check in with her every once in a while to get things out there in the open. It's a time when I can be honest with someone who will listen and not judge me. And I find that even the smallest issues in my life can become a big problem if I don't talk about them out loud. And since my therapist will be retiring soon, I want to be able to talk to her as often as possible because I'm petrified I'm not going to be able to find another one like her. The next topic is my OCD obsessions. Remember that I talked about the obsession I had for six years? That's a really long time. But then I was thinking the other day that at the end of this month, my current obsession will have lasted five years. Wow. 
only one year less. And in my head, I'm thinking, I only have one more year to get rid of it. But I consider myself extremely lucky because there are people, and you may be one of them, that have been dealing with the same obsessions or rituals their whole lives. Luckily, mine change over time. Truthfully, I would be very happy if this obsession lasted another 10 or 20 years because, as I've said before, my OCD spells don't end until another one takes its place. And since I only think of this person a few minutes every day, I can handle that for the rest of my life. I really can. I have to look at it that way. On the other hand, warding off another obsession is pretty exhausting. I'm always trying to close events in time to prevent another one. If I have an incident in my life and I see someone's face for a day or two, I start to stress out and think that another spell is starting. But the truth of the matter is that when one actually starts, I know it almost immediately. I literally hear the words, uh-oh, in my head, and it's really loud. And there's no doubt that an obsession is starting. But I haven't heard that for five years, so I think I've forgotten what it feels like. Now, in the past few years, I've had other obsessions or rituals that are smaller. My wife calls them quirks. And so I was looking back on my old blog and I saw some of them. At one point I kept obsessing about a sunflower seed being in my stomach. I would tell her that over and over again. There's a sunflower seed hull, you know, the shell in my stomach and it's moving around and it's scratching my stomach. I no longer think of a sunflower seed. There was a time for like two years where I just was insistent that there were bugs in my hair and I had to do certain things to get that feeling to go away. I no longer think about that. However, there are other obsessions that I have or rituals that I haven't been able to get a handle on. But they don't affect my life that badly. They just kind of bug my wife. <laughs> One of them is that I leave cabinets and drawers open. And I try really hard to close them now. You can look in my house and you can tell where I've been. Because there are open cabinets and drawers everywhere. <laughs> but I've been trying really hard before I leave a room to close them. But it's very difficult. It's very stressful to close them. Another thing that I still do is I have a favorite fork and a favorite spoon to eat with. The problem is we only have like two of the forks and one spoon. So I go through the entire utensil drawer every time I'm getting ready to eat looking for those certain ones. If they're not there, then I have to go to the dishwasher and wash them in the sink because I've, I just have to use them. I don't know how to explain it. It drives my wife mad. <laughs> if I could break those two or three rituals or quirks, I know she'd be extremely happy. All right, the next topic I want to talk about, and this is the one that can be triggering, all right, is phobias. 
For years, I have had lots of phobias. I'm curious if you have phobias. If you do, please let me know what they are. I don't think they are caused by my OCD because everyone, I believe, is afraid of something. And most of our phobias don't go away during our lifetime. So you may want to fast forward this episode a few minutes if you have trigger issues. So my number one fear is roaches. Tree roaches. We live in the south and our roaches are huge. It's not uncommon to see a three to a three and a half inch one. We do everything we possibly can to keep them outside, but every once in a while one gets in. I believe this is why I leave my cabinets and drawers open because I believe that there have been times I've opened a cabinet or drawer and a roach has crawled out. And I don't want to be surprised by that. I don't want to be, I don't want to have that fear. So I just leave them open. And they can just come and go as they please. As far as I'm concerned, I hate them. I know this is really weird, but I truly believe that roaches have souls and that they are evil. When I was around eight years old, I was up in a fig tree with my friend. And I remember that we were cutting leaves with children's scissors, you know, those dull scissors. We were folding the leaves, cutting them, and then unfolding them the way you would if you were making a paper snowflake. Well, I dropped my scissors on the ground. I jumped out of the tree to get the scissors. And I didn't know at that age that what I was jumping on top of was a compost pile. Large tree roaches came out of that pile and they covered my body. My friend was still up in the tree screaming her lungs out as the bugs ran up the tree in her direction. All I could think of was what I learned about fire in school was to stop, drop, and roll. So that's what I did. I stopped, I dropped on the ground, and I rolled. And roaches were crunching all around me. Tonight, I was in my office taking photos. I was barefoot as it was extremely hot in there. It's like 100 degrees outside. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a large roach coming towards my foot. I lost my shit and I was screaming my head off. My wife was in another part of the house, but she didn't even have to ask. It was my roach scream. It is a very distinctive scream. Even after she killed it, I wore shoes the rest of the evening and I have not gone back into my office. Tomorrow will be very difficult for me. I'm that anxious. And I asked her over and over again, are you sure it's dead? Are you sure it's dead? A couple of months ago, I went into our guest bathroom. And that's the bathroom I use to store all my toiletries. That's where I brush my teeth, do my hair, put on my makeup. And there was a large roach in the toilet bowl running around the rim inside it trying to get out. I slammed the lid down and I flushed it. And that was at least two or three months ago. Since then I have moved all my toiletries I absolutely have to have into the bedroom and I refuse to stand in that bathroom for any length of time. About a week after the incident I sat on the toilet. I was trying to do cognitive behavior therapy on my own, but in the middle, I jumped up and I peed all over myself. I 
can't believe I am announcing this on a podcast. A week ago, when we had guest staying in our master bedroom, I had no choice. I had to use the guest bathroom. And in the middle of the night, I went in there, and I'm happy to say that I succeeded. But I'm not going to try again until the next time we have guests over. I would say that my next biggest phobia is flying. I don't know. I think it ties for first place with roaches. I really do. I absolutely hate flying. I have missed many a fun trip because I refuse to fly. I believe I have this fear because I have had some very rough flights. The very first time I flew, I think I flew to Waco, I sat in a row where the seats were facing each other, and my friends and I played cards on the plane, which was kind of fun, I guess, but my seat was backwards, so when we took off, I was leaning forward, and when we landed, I was leaning backwards. This was an extremely awkward experience as a first-time flyer. I have also been on many flights with bad turbulence. There are so many places I would love to visit, but getting me on a plane is very difficult. I literally cut my ex-husband's wrist because I was grabbing it with my fingernails too tightly when we were taking off and landing. I've taken Valium beforehand before a flight and I've had drinks before and during flights. Nothing has really helped. I'm going to be traveling this year by plane for the first time in five years. I'm petrified. By the time this episode airs, I will be either safely home or I died in a plane crash. To make matters worse on this trip, I have to change planes both ways. To prepare, I'm going to be listening to YouTube meditations on the fear of flying. And that's going to bring me to my next phobia we're going to talk about. Let me find my notes here. Another phobia I have is the dentist. Now, a lot of people I hear have dentist phobia. I believe my phobia started when I was around 11 years old. I had to have four teeth removed before they could put my braces on. Two one week and then two the next. The first two teeth came out without a hitch. I mean, it was painful afterwards, but that was it. But the second week, I believe they gave me too much goofy gas. And I told the dental hygienist this, but she didn't listen. And when you're a child, there's not much worse than knowing that you're not being heard and you're not being believed. And I started hallucinating. Everything in the room became really distorted, including the dentist head. His head looked like the size of a humongous pumpkin. I was talking to people who weren't even there. And ever since that incident, I have been extremely afraid of the dentist. I went for over 25 years without visiting a dentist. That's how bad my fear was. Also, due to a childhood trauma, I don't like anything foreign in my mouth. I don't like a toothbrush, a toothpick, or dental floss. I do brush my teeth, but I don't brush them often enough. It's amazing that my teeth are pretty healthy. You know, really is. Because I rarely floss, I have my teeth cleaned um, every six months. So I have to face the dentist at least twice a year. The way I've solved it is this way. One week before my appointment, I listen to meditations on YouTube for people with dentist phobia. 
I listen every single night for like a week before. Sometimes I actually listen to it while I'm sitting in the chair. And also, I have them give me goofy gas. Now, you would think after what happened when I was a kid, I wouldn't want gas. But it's the only thing that will get me in that chair. I put on a headset and I listen to my own music or even better, I listen to a podcast. This gives me something else to focus on. It's embarrassing, but to my surprise, the hygienist told me that I'm not the only adult who requires goofy gas. Our insurance helps pay for it and I know that she's glad I won't bite her finger off. My last phobia is fire. When I was around five years old, I was at my neighbor's house. We were playing inside and her mom came in screaming, fire! Their clothes dryer had caught on fire. We all went outside and we waited for the firemen and everyone was safe. Everything was fine, but it was very traumatic for me at that age. I also know someone who has actually caught on fire. And if it wasn't for the quick thinking of her son, she would have died in that accident. When we bought this house, I told the contractor, I said, I want this house to be completely fireproof. I don't care what it costs. And 9-11 was another contributing factor to my fear of fire, I'm sure. I have been in very tall buildings when the fire alarm has gone off. And I'm extremely thankful that when we moved our business, um, we moved it to a one-story building for my job a few years ago. So upon reflection, none of the phobias have lessened much or gone away over the years, but I'm managing them the best as I can. And I'm trying to find new ways to deal with them so that I don't deny myself experiences in life. And again, like I said, I would love to know what your phobias are and if there's anything you're doing about them to make them more manageable for yourself. I'm happy to announce that Around and Around the OCD Circle podcast now has a Facebook page, a private, safe space where we can share our OCD experiences with others. Topics such as obsessions, intrusive thoughts, and rituals will be discussed by members who can relate to one another because we all have one thing in common, obsessive compulsive disorder. You are not alone. Join us, won't you? on the Around and Around the OCD Circle Facebook page. The link is in the show notes. Hope to see you there. The next topic I wanted to reflect on is medications. During my lifetime, I have taken medications for different issues, not just for my obsessive compulsive disorder. Blood pressure, pain, thyroid issues, gut issues, anxiety, depression. The longest I was ever on a medication was Prozac. It was for nine years and that started during my obsession with Sherry. I'm happy to say that at this time I am on no medications at all for any reason. And I don't want you to think that I'm against medicine because I'm not. Some medications actually save lives but for me right at this moment I feel physically better without them. I find that each time I take a medication, I have a side effect, and then I have to take something else to counteract it. So for now, I am on nothing. All right, I'm sure that will change in the future as I get older. I am in, you know, consultation with my doctor. My doctor is completely fine with this. 
I currently suffer from psoriasis. It's really bad. I see commercials all the time for prescriptions to help psoriasis. People are always recommending prescriptions that have helped them, but I suffer through it because I'm afraid of the side effects. My psoriasis tends to move around on my body, so I find some relief and then it starts again in another place and it's usually a worse outbreak. I also have arthritis, but I just go forward the best I can. I'm going to make something perfectly clear. I am absolutely not suggesting that you do the same thing. I'm just reflecting. There have been times that I've gone on an antidepressant for three to six months to get me through the holidays, but it's been a few years. I'm not big on holistic methods, but I hear they have helped a lot of people. Meditation playlists on YouTube have worked well for me for phobias, pain, my OCD, anxiety, time management, and sleep. But meditation should not ever be used as a replacement for medicine. If you need it, you need it. And I know my time is coming. The next topic I wanted to reflect on is social interactions. This year, as I've said previously, I lost a really good friend who I considered a mentor. And I'm currently having a very difficult time trusting people, even second-guessing some of my closest friends, of which I have very few. <laughs> my circle or my tribe of friends, um, it may be small, but I tend to stick with those people who support the work that I'm doing, approve of my marriage, are glad that I'm happy, they don't push their political or religious views on me, they're kind to others, show me some respect, and think of me often. I am slowly and painfully weeding out people in my life who are constantly angry, negative, or they rarely choose to speak with me or spend time with me. So these are my reflections after the first dozen or so episodes of this podcast. I have more improvements to make, but I feel I have come a very long way. I hope you will consider writing down or recording your reflections. This episode has really helped me put my life in perspective, and I hope reflecting on your life will do the same for you. If you'd like to share your story on this podcast, you are welcome to be a guest on a future episode. You can be completely anonymous on air. I wish you well and hope you have a fantastic day.